this one is, Lord, increase our faith. And um, whenever people, you have two opportunities when someone speaks on faith. Uh, when you talk about faith, if you've been going through, if you've been praying for something for a really long time, the message of faith can bring through the enemy condemnation or guilt or exhaustion or fatigue or cause of frustration or hurt or pain. And then when you speak by the Spirit, the message on faith is called to lift us up. That's lift us up on wings of eagles. Courage us. Yes? And so in the Scripture, there is a, in Corinthians 12, it talks about the gift of faith. And the gift of faith is one of the gifts that Holy Spirit gives to the believers. And if Holy Spirit is living in you, you have access to every gift. We, every individual, has access to every gift of the Spirit. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, tongues, interpretations of tongues, healings, miracles, right? The gift of faith. You understand these are gifts of Holy Spirit. And we have access to every gift. And the Holy Ghost pulls from that well inside of you and brings that through you, to you, and for you in the need of the moment. So whether it's for yourself or it's for somebody else, that's how he works. And we, we annihilate the lies around here that you only get one gift. Yeah, that stinks. I mean, all you get is interpretation of tongues, Danetta, and you better hope that somebody gives a tongue or you toast, right? <laughs> you understand the fullness of the Holy Ghost is inside of us as believers that we've been born again. We have access to every gift as needed for the moment. He disperses and he distributes at his will. So therefore, it's important as you heard earlier, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be surrendered to the Holy Ghost, for the Holy Spirit to be Lord, completely Lord. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And the Holy Ghost is Lord in the church. <laughs> Jesus is the head of the church. He is Lord of the church, his body. And the Holy Ghost is Lord in the church. And he is Lord inside of us. And that's the key to living a full life is a complete and total surrender to the Lordship of Holy Spirit. Amen? And so the gift of faith is one of those things that, do the Holy Ghost just comes on you, in you, and it is imparted, and all of a sudden you've got this faith for A, B, C, D, E, F, G, whatever it is, in your life or on behalf of somebody else in the kingdom, and nothing can change your mind about it. I can't talk you out of it. You're convinced. You know that you know it's going to happen. Someone's going to get saved. It does not matter what it is. A gift of faith is from the Holy Ghost, and he gives that, and he knows when you need it. <clears throat> and usually it's in a very wow moment that you're not expecting it to show up. But he is faithful. Yes, but we have each been given a seed, if you would. We've each been given a measure of faith, everyone. And so when the Holy Ghost finds us in our depravity, in our lost state, 
There's been given a seed there. So that when the Holy Ghost comes with truth, it says, you must be born again. Repent of your sins. And here's the way. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Then the conviction comes. The Holy Ghost brings a conviction. You cannot be born again except by the Spirit. No one can come to the Lord unless the Father is drawing him nigh. It is a grace. It is a gift of God. It's not that we can boast in this. But yet he gives us a choice. He lets us choose. That's amazing to me. And so it looks like that. The nearness of God is our good. And then we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And at that moment, faith is just ignited within us. And and at that point, Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost and the Father start revealing themselves to us. And they start teaching us through his word. And as we read the word, our faith is growing. We go from faith to faith. And we're still going from faith to faith. Hallelujah. You understand that? And so... Lord, increase our faith. My question is, whose job is it to increase my faith, your faith? Whose job is it? Who? Somebody. You said Holy Ghost, and you said who? Ours, ourself. Good answer. Because the Holy Ghost is working in tandem with our faith. But it is my responsibility He has given me that opportunity. So we're going to journey a little bit, and it's all going to come together, okay? So stay with me and be encouraged today. If you feel any condemnation, tell it to leave now in Jesus' name, and you'll come up on those wings of eagles, all right? So let's go to Luke 17. Luke 17. And we're going to start on verse 5. I'm going to read this out of the New King James first. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Okay, verse 5, Luke 17, 5. It says, And the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The apostles said to Jesus Christ, Increase our faith. So the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, come in at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper, gird yourself, and serve me until I have eaten and drunk, and afterwards you will eat and drink? Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise you, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say we are unprofitable servants, we have done what was our duty to do. Very interesting how this is all in the same story. So now I'm going to read this to you out of Luke 17, 5 through 10 in the New Living. So you can just listen if you have that. The apostles said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. 
And the Lord answered, he says, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to the smallberry tree, may you be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And when a servant comes in from plowing or taking care of the sheep, does his master say, come in and eat with me? No, he says, prepare my meal, put on your apron, serve me while I eat, and then you can eat later. Does the master thank the servant for doing what he was told to do? Of course not. In the same way, when you obey me, you should say, we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. What is our duty? But to believe God. To believe the Lord Jesus, to serve him with all of our hearts, soul, mind, will, and strength. Yes? Now let's go look at the other gospel account, Matthew 17. And I'm going to read this out of the New Living. Matthew 17, verse 14. Matthew 17, verse 14. It says, At the foot of the mountain... A large crowd was waiting for them, and a man came, and he knelt before Jesus, and he said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures, and he suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. And Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy, and it left him. And from that moment, the boy was well. And afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move, and nothing would be impossible. All right, amen. Let's go to Mark 9. Mark 9, out of the New Living, starting at verse 14. Same account, a little bit more information. Mark 9, 14, it says, When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. And when the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about, Jesus asked. And one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever a spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. And then he foams at the mouth, and he grinds his teeth, and he becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Verse 19, Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy, and when the evil spirit saw Jesus, (laughs) I'm just going to say that again. So when they brought the boy, and when the evil spirit saw Jesus, okay, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, 
and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. And he replied, since he was a little boy. And the spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Verse 23, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. So when Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers were gro- was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said. I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. And then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. And a murmur ran throughout the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet. And he stood up. And afterwards, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replied, and he said, this kind can be cast out, out by only prayer and I added fasting. All right, let's go to Mark 11. You can hear the full context of the story. It's amazing. A cry of humanity. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Mark 11, verse 12 through 25 from the New Living. Mark 11, verse 12. The next morning, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little while, a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. So then Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. Verse 15, so when they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple, and he began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, the scripture declare that my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. So when the leading priests and teachers of religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning on how to kill him. And they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teaching. And that evening, Jesus and the disciples left the city. And the next morning, as they passed by that fig tree that he had cursed, the disciples noticed it, had withered up from the roots. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day. And he exclaimed, look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. (laughs) Verse 22. So Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, 
may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. But when you're praying, first forgive anyone that you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Amen. Now I'm going to read this from the King James Version, just Mark 11, verse 22 through 24. Jesus answered and says, Have faith in God. For verily I say to you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a testimony of prayer and a journey here. Early in January, I pray a lot, and the Holy Ghost, I'm just yielded to him. So when he wakes me up, whenever, whenever it happens, we're praying. And so early in January, in the middle of the night, in the night seasons, the Holy Spirit led me to these passages, and he had me praying in a certain way. And this was not just in a personal way, but we would say on behalf of the movement of God, on behalf of the territory, on behalf of the garden, on behalf of me and our family, if you would, yes? And so he had me taking these passages, and that's what you do. You hear the Holy Ghost, and you pray what he says. There's your unity. Two of you are in agreement. So when the Holy Ghost drops something into your heart, and he speaks it to you, and you pray it, (laughs) you pray what the Holy Ghost said to you, You say what the Holy Ghost says to you? You agree with what God is saying to you? Heaven is going to come. (laughs) Because you're in agreement with the Spirit of the Lord who cannot lie. He is not a man that he should lie. He said, I am truth, right? You got to hear the agreement here. It's not just, well, God told me to pray. And so I did. I need you to come up higher and see the power of agreement with the Lord when he speaks to you truth. And he commands you to pray. And he calls you out into attention to the headship of Jesus Christ to decree a thing so it can be established. Heaven comes. Heaven moves. Heaven is here, right? And so I would declare, and I found myself saying in the spirit, with a mustard seed of faith, I command to be rooted up and cast into the sea in Jesus' mighty name. And it was over and over and over and over with a mustard seed of faith. It's like the mustard seed was a sword. These words did not come from the people that printed the Bible. These words came from Jesus Christ. 
our head, our husband, our Lord, yes. These are not our examples. These are the Lord's examples. So if I pray his prayer, something's going to happen. Something is going to happen. If I pray the prayers in the Bible, the word of God, something's going to happen because the word of God is truth. He will not lie. When he sends his word, it will accomplish what it was sent to do. It will not return void. Period. In the discussion. You either believe it or you don't. With a mustard seed of faith, I command. <laughs> so in continuous with this, you go on about your way, you go on in your journey, and the Holy Ghost directs our heart, and he's going to speak from every direction he can. One morning up here, Teresa, wave your hand, Teresa, she comes up to me, she says, um, the Lord told me to give you this bag of mustard seeds. Right? I'm laughing. And I taught a little bit on this in K4. He says, the Lord told me to give me this bag of mustard seeds. But I don't know where I got it. But somehow I have this. She just couldn't remember, right? Okay, so obviously the Lord is speaking here. I'm laughing hysterically because I know what this is about. And one cold day, one of those days where, you know, San Angelo is shut down because of the cold weather. Lord Jesus, help us. <laughs> Don't get me started. So, I'm snuggly and buggly at home. And uh, Kimmy and I had an appointment that day to meet in my office for discipleship. So we talk on the phone. And during that time, I was talking about these passages. I went over the exact passages, and I was teaching her and talking about this with her. Do you understand? And... During that time I was talking about these passages, I started with, Lord, increase our faith. And I just started laughing. I started laughing. I said, isn't that hilarious? Isn't it hilarious how we tell the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. Like one more thing we're going to put on him. Lord, increase our faith. And that's what the disciples were doing here. And you know what? They really wanted him to increase their faith. Correct? It's not wrong. But it's funny to me how we put what we're supposed to do, what is our duty before God, back on Jesus to handle. He said, I gave you the keys of the kingdom. I gave you my word. And when you put it in your mouth, it will accomplish my will in your life. Truth. I'm quoting scripture. So we laughed over, Lord, increase our faith. Whose job is this? We discussed the passages, and I told her, as a matter of fact, on Sunday, Teresa gave me this baggie of mustard seeds. So now Kimmy starts to laugh. She's laughing hysterically, and she says, well, I gave those out to the youth group, and I gave that back to Teresa. <laughs> and she didn't remember, <laughs> right? <laughs> Goes around, comes around. So after prayer in my office on this Friday, I gave her, we prayed together on Friday. She said the Lord healed her back. Hallelujah. And uh, I took out of this bag that she gave the youth and she gave Teresa and that Teresa gave back to me. And then I took one of those little seeds and I gave it to her. And I said, give and it will be given back to you. 
Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Luke 6.38. The journey of love, the journey of life. How we encourage each other in our testimony, in our faith journey, in our ups and our downs, with our tears and our sorrow, and our believing in our victories and our trials and everything that we go through, right? As we gaze into the Lord's eyes, his word and his glory, our faith shall increase. Our faith shall increase. That word shall, I read that early in the King James. How many times did he say that? And the word shall, there is a covenant word that means it shall happen. Covenant. God said it. It shall. <laughs> it shall. And how many times was in that one passage? It shall. And that's what Jesus is teaching us. That's the power in his word. That's the power of Holy Ghost. Yes? And he wants us to agree with that. Because he's like, he knows he was planted on the planet with a bunch of unbelievers. He knows he's pulled us out of hell. He's pulled us out of our affliction. He came to save us. Of course we don't have faith. You know? And he's showing us, he's demonstrating God's heart for all. And his word and how to pray and how to do it. He's teaching us always, yes? So there's no condemnation in Christ. We are all growing. And every one of us, if you've been born again, you may have started here in your faith journey, but now you're in a whole new place. Truth? Raise your hand. Yes, you agree with that. We have all grown in our faith. Whew. Our faith is in him. Remember? Look at me. Seek me. Seek the Lord with all your heart. Look in my eyes. Look at me. Focus on me. Focus on me. Hear my words, correct? So as we go through various trials and tests, this is the promise of the Lord. So you know it, and nobody likes to read the scripture. James chapter 1. James 1. Whew. This is from the New King James, verse 2. My subtitle says, Profiting from Trials. Oh, don't we all love that? <laughs> profiting from trials, but hear the word of the Lord. Don't waste your trials. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking Nothing. That's right in there with the shall words. I'll read it again. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith. Lord, increase my faith. <laughs> oh. The testing of your faith produces patience. Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Truth. And you can take this word, take it to the bank, pray it, say it, and decree it, because that's what's happening in us. We're looking more and more like Jesus every day, right? 
If any of you lacks wisdom, he said, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith. You just can't get away from that, can you? With no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord because he's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So the Lord said, if I'm able. That's what he was addressing. If I'm able. If I'm able. That. So we need to know that he is able. And that's where we soar on wings of eagles because we know who he is. We believe who he is. We believe in him and we believe his word. And we soar on up as we go through. Amen? I'm going to close with this. Go to 1 Peter 1, verse 3 through 9. This is kind of a blessing at the same time, an exhortation from Peter. 1 Peter 1, verse 3. He said, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy have begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled and does not fade away and reserved in heaven for you. I love it, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6, so in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. And though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the very end of your faith, which is the salvation of our souls. You know, faith comes from hearing, and hearing the word of God. And that's what he's doing today. In this, you greatly rejoice, though for just a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, Though it's tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. <laughs> and though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible, full of glory, receiving the very end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Hallelujah. So let's take this word from the Holy Ghost and join the joy and the laughter of how he teaches us and how we encourage each other, strengthen each other, what's called today. And know that with God, everything's possible. And afterwards, if you want to come up and take one of my seeds, they're here. You can come get one out of the baggie and you can take it. And I challenge you to start praying with that mustard seed. All right?
see what God does. Stand up and let's pray. (laughs) Father God, you alone are worthy of all of our praise. And Lord, we delight ourselves in you. And we believe you and we believe your word. Your word is truth. And we honor you for how you teach us and how you confirm and how it's everywhere you turn. The message is the same. (laughs) We shall increase our faith, God. We shall increase our faith. We shall. And we will believe your words, Lord. And we love you and we trust you. I just lose healing and grace and peace and strength, comfort and love to all. And that you would encourage us and strengthen us even while it's called today. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. All right, we'll be blessed. This message was brought to you by the Garden Gathering Church, a family of spirit-filled believers in San Angelo, Texas. We long to encounter God's presence and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.thegardenstc.org to realize how the revelation of Jesus Christ can fulfill your mandate in the kingdom of heaven.